You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. Mr. Mr. Winter. Hi, I am here in Cornwall to. I'm gonna have to put the sunglasses back on. That glorious sun is blinding me. So I'm here to meet my podcast guest. So the idea with the show is that I meet someone who has an interesting job, believe it or not, usually in a creative way or just something that you and me might not know about or know how to get into, just something that might be a bit inspiring as well. That's that's the aim anyway. So I've come to stay with a big group of people. There's 14 of us staying in one, one house and these guys are all surfers. They're either windsurfers, actual surfers, or kite surfers. They are spending the week, and they do this, I think, twice a year. And they're spending the week here basically surfing and cooking dinner and relaxing and enjoying enjoying Mother Nature and each other's company. I've kind of come along to crash that party a little bit. So I'm staying with one of the people in the group is my buddy Sam and he's really good friends with Tom. Tom is the guest I'm going to interview and he is a pro windsurfer. So Tom has been windsurfing for years but it's all kind of boiling down to this really crucial part in his career now where he is competing for the Olympics. So I'm going to interview him and find out everything I need to know about that. I'm going to spend some time with him and his friends. I am here to relax. I'm here to meet Tom and see, catch him doing a bit of windsurfing, find out everything that goes into preparation for the Olympics and competing for that. Because he wants, he wants to be in them. And you can see why when someone's been working so hard for so many years. But until I meet Tom, I'm actually going to hopefully get in the sea and do some surfing. Maybe. Hopefully. I'm kind of scared that I'm going to humiliate myself. But, you know, you've got to try these things out, right? Very pleased to welcome Mr. Tom Squires. Hello, mate. Hello, I'm Tom. <laughs> this is Tom, everyone. Uh, Tom is a pro windsurfer. We're going to get into that. Thank you for being on it, mate. I'm really uh, very much appreciating it. Firstly, though, we've got some winged friends joining us on the show today. We've got some, some sparrows. Yeah, some sparrows, some Jenny wrens. We're out in the open over here. And they are mating yeah. before our very eyes. So hopefully we're capturing some of that. Just getting around. <laughs> what you, that was a fact you just threw at me about sparrows. I think they're um, slightly decreasing in uh, numbers in the UK at the moment. Lost 40% of um, the overall house sparrow population in the UK. Is this the a good... wind surfers know, you know? <laughs> There's a lot to you. We're going to get into those, <laughs> those depths and layers. So firstly, mate, I want to get into... Yes, you're a pro windsurfer. How did this all start? How does a man or a lady first get interested in a water sport? Because you're a land mammal. How do you get interested in that water out there? From the start, I'm, yeah. orig- I'm originally from Oxford, so for me, I'm pretty landlocked from uh, back in my childhood. That's um, almost as inland as you can get. My family had a really keen interest in uh, touring caravans and caravanning, always being by the coast. And then one day, my dad bought a really old-fashioned windsurfer. Everything was uh, pretty ropey, and but some guy on the beach sold it for fifty quid. And my dad was like, uh, got told how to rig it all up and. 
uh, and then off we went really. It was all like a myth that we could turn around and you could come back towards the beach. Just something to do really, for 50 quid, um, it, was, <laughs> it was good fun. Um, not really knowing where it would lead us. So actually the fact that you did live so inland, or you grew up in that environment, it, it made you look out for, for other things to do, yeah. and so you hit the waves. Definitely. As a kid, your, uh, your parents always get involved in activities and, and uh, uh, sports at school and and um, for me to, to get into windsurfing was so intriguing it was something completely different than uh, the normal football rugby yeah absolutely uh, so much more interesting school. yeah yeah we went back to Oxford with this old school windsurfer and got told it was a piece of rubbish <laughs> and um, then we started doing the RA level one and level two courses at a local lake called uh, Farmall Reservoir yeah it's a concrete pool right next to the center of Oxford really I find uh, reservoirs, there's something kind of eerie about a reservoir. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're they're so man-made and you don't know how deep they are. Definitely. And it was, first thing that happened when we got there was they told, watch out for the blue-green algae because it's uh, really poisonous, like can kill kill people. How? By touching it? or If you fall into the water and um, there's a uh, bloom of this blue-green algae, um, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's luminous, but like if you swallow it um, whilst you're like swimming around learning to windsurf, then uh, it could be really um, good. <laughs> and we're like, okay, this place is a concrete bowl in the middle of the country with poisonous water. I feel like that's maybe a good little motivator to uh, teach you how to windsurf better <laughs> away from that stuff. Okay, so that's the start. So what? how old are you? How old are we talking when you first... Uh, I'm 25 now, Got on a board. and I first started when I was 11, I think. Okay, it's quite a long time ago, mate. You've been yeah. going at it for a while. How did you become a professional then from turning that in, from a hobby? So the RWA, the Royal Yachting Association, they manage sailing and dinghy sailing. Started racing around with the windsurfers and just having like splashing and each like like you would as a kid, just blasting around windsurfing and then. Uh, and then we learned about uh, there's a there's a squad system that you could get into in the UK where you'd start racing in zone squads of the South Zone Squad, the West Zone Squad, and we did all this racing team. We're like, this is really good. So my parents bought a camper van for us to go travelling and do this windsurfing, caddying me around basically. To be honest, lucky I had parents that were so good. That's to supportive. But they must there yeah, there must be something in it for them as well. They must enjoy that. Yeah, to get to all these beach places in the UK, my parents had never heard of or seen so. And then it started becoming a national thing where we were racing like up in Rutland waters, which is in the middle of the country. And uh, once a year, the national championships, as it was the biggest event of the year for the junior squad system. And, the, and, uh, and we were all racing around, you get a big cup and, uh, and then things just snowballed. And, uh, and my parents and stuff were so for it, for me windsurfing and get involved in the sport. My sister was really good as well, but she went down the sensible path of education, <laughs> uh, boys, university, work. And I was just like, windsurfing! And um, she, she's hopefully doing the, she's earning the money and I'm doing the, the fun thing. I think at some point in your life, you either do it when you're young or you do it when you're older. She's getting herself a stable stable job or some kind of unstable in this uh, whirlwind of what I enjoy, my dream. And then eventually I'll have to go. Sounds like the perfect family unit, really. You've got a balance <laughs> of everything. Perfect children. She's like, oh, so jealous of you. Let's give some context to where we actually are and where we're recording this. I've come down basically to a house where you guys do... You stay in this house about twice a year, is that right? Yes. And we're in a place called Hale in Cornwall. Is this Hale? The nearest train station's Hale. Pretty much. This is Hale. Let's go go with Hale. So on the the southwest coast, that's where we are. I came kind of halfway during the week as the only non-surfer. Everyone here is pro in some way, or pro, pro compared to me anyway. 
I came in thinking, right, I'm going to meet Tom, we're going to record this podcast, he's the pro windsurfer, and I had that label attached to you, but actually, you all do so many different water sports. Yes. Like, I went out on the beach and filmed you, that was you kite surfing, so you, you're pro windsurfer, but you surf really well, you kite surf. What else do you do? Trying this hydrofoil business is a bit of a hype around this hydrofoil. Hydro- yes, this is like hydrofoils. a new trend yes. in the in surfing world. world. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Everyone's sticking a hydrofoil on everything. It's basically a big wing under the, under your board with a, um, a mass attaching to it, um, which basi- basically makes you fly. It's like an airplane wing underwater, which um, pushes you up and basically you glide from a couple of inches to a meter off the water. It's pretty crazy. I you go like really surfing. fast. Yeah, it's a quick, super quick bit of kit. Yeah. It's amazing. All the drag associated with water sports and um, uh, is gone, and you and your the drag on the foil is so small, so much easier to get quick. Yeah, fast. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's the rush people get into windsurfing and surfing and uh, sailing and for is that is that kind of like water sports rush. Like anything, people just love going fast. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And the more dangerous, the more it seems to attract people. <laughs> is that the adrenaline for you? Is it what do you love most about being out there? Is it is it the speed? Is it is it the wind? What, uh, you know, for me, I think when you're younger. Or is it tricks? Do you do tricks? Yeah, a little bit. I'm not so good at the trick stuff, but I do do dabble. Yeah. Uh, some of the guys here are really good at the tricks with windsurfing. Some of them are really good at the tricks uh, kite surfing. Um, yeah, yeah I've the, seen that. the group of guys here are so active, and they all have a similar mindset to me. Yeah. That's why we. That's why everyone loves coming down here with this, this group of people because we're doers. Where we we wake up and we're like someone's going out surfing already and you're like I can't even eat I just need to go out surfing because the waves are great and it's just on the doorstep so yeah being involved in this group every year like it's the same people we could be 10 we could be 30 we could be 40 we could be 80 I think we'll still, still be the same characters and still be uh, stoked or do you know loving. I thought that everyone here is sort of in their mid-20s roundabouts but I kind of had this vision of everyone having children but it's still happening I'd like to think you guys would yeah. keep keep getting together and doing this because it, it, it is fun and yeah. it is the child in all of you right it yeah, definitely yeah it comes back to for me the question you asked whether yes. it's about speed yeah or not uh it was when i was younger but less so now it's more about the feeling um the feeling of riding like foils i don't want to go fast really i just want to have the feeling of foiling and uh, uh the challenge as well this foiling has brought a new challenge to windsurfing a new challenge to kite surfing where people have been windsurfing for 30 40 years are like wow something's changed with windsurfing I want to get uh, I want to get to grips with that and find out it's really hard and then people it really lights their youth where they're like this is really exciting again and it's really freaking hard so uh, um, and dangerous man yeah. oh, you can't see this out of shot if you're watching uh, the podcast as a video but Tom has cut his toe okay you can see it he's brought <laughs> he brought the toe to all of us what do you call that bit underneath that propels it above the water uh, a wing a wing a wing and then so the, the back edge of it is super sharp so if you fall off that thing it flips over. Yeah. And you can land on it. Yeah, to be very careful. There's a lot of people would like I cut my arm a few years back. Um, it seems that sharp, but it's like it's no yeah. plain sailing. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> come back to the same place here in Cornwall for obvious reasons like I said if you are watching the video you can see the background here it is beautiful we've got a seafront view about a minute's walk to the beach where you guys do all multiple water sports but for you you've surfed and windsurfed all around the world where's your favorite place to surf windsurf specifically I recently went to Takapuna in New Zealand just south of Auckland New Zealand's amazing place 
just the vibe you get there. Sometimes it's not just about the conditions you're sailing in, but also the 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 culture, the friends and people you're around as well, the people you sail with. That makes a huge difference. I feel like you you must see a really fun part of society. Like you're you're part of the surfing community, and wherever you go around the world, you're diving into that version of that community. Yes, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So that that feels really. I feel like you're seeing the, a real fun side of life yeah we see a lot of cool places uh, places you'd never think of going to like we went to Bulgaria for one European championships Poland so you don't get to go to Australia and all these places you think like surfing is a big thing like Hawaii or all that jazz we go to really interesting places and uh, the stuff you learn from places like that and, and the different when you were young like I started doing going to international competitions when I was about 16, 17 and I caught my first EasyJet flight and I was literally like, oh my god, <laughs> flying, this is cool. Uh, and, now, and now I do it a lot. It's just, it's it's just a lot. who you are yeah. now. Yeah, and um, there's still excitement there for travelling and for seeing a new place and uh, seeing new people and um, trying different things as well. A lot of people, when they travel with windsurfing, go hotel, walk, beachfront, windsurf, beachfront, walk hotel and I like to spice things up like when I went to New Zealand I stayed with a home share and some hostels and some mixing so you're getting up. you are tr- you are mixing with the locals and yeah. getting to uh, yeah see try see where you actually where you actually are yeah I do try yeah. I go into restaurants and things that aren't on the seafront and uh, mainstream things so let's get out there I go have a camera and I take a camera with me to, to try and get out and search and be like oh yeah I wake up early and go just take some pictures before having to go windsurfing this place is insane uh, we've seen ice behind us um in St. Ives Bay here is standout. You could be anywhere in the world, that's the thing. You come down here and it's a bit cold, but um It is a bit cold, <laughs> not gonna lie. We did this lovely setup outside, but it is chilly. What are you actually looking for when you go around the world? Because to a non-surfer like me, I think, okay, yeah, you, you picture places like Australia, Byron Bay, all that stuff. The sun is needed, but it's it's not about that, is it? It's yeah. is it about the the windy conditions like what you what are you searching for so i race about 50 to 100 other men so first things uh, you need a venue that copes with that sort of influx of windsurfers and logistically <laughs> like airports wow. uh, airports to fly into from all over the world so i'm racing people that, that need to fly from new zealand into europe if they're competition in europe you're looking for um, security for your kit and you're looking for a good a good trade wind so it's not necessarily windy or, or light winds or specific conditions, but it just needs to be safe enough and uh, saleable every day. The so you're looking for do. consistency yeah, in consistency. weather? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. One of my favourite places to go is Palma in Mallorca. Yeah. And they have a big big bay beach there and uh, it's safe. The kit, like nothing really gets stolen. There's good training for online training. We do, I do some cycling for fitness and I do some gym work and the gyms are cheap. Uh, eating out and, and restaurants and supermarkets are quite... Uh, reasonably priced the conditions are just so consistent the winds either onshore or offshore and there's no cliffs for it to be or shifty or swirly or gusty yeah. let's talk lingo actually i've i've learned a bit of swir- swirls swirls that's like, not I, a very good lingo but um is that a, not good like lingo? swirly wind when, Swir- when the wind's coming off mountains and cliffs the wind can just be crazy and no, no consistency in breeze right okay because uh, normally you want to have a wind direction and the more consistent that wind direction is, the better and fairer racing is. It's like chess on water, people <laughs> say. Um, the wind has traits to do things. It shifts, it moves, it gusts. And, and it's my job as a, as a professional winter uh, racing this RSX board, it's called, is to decode the shifts, the wind, and what it does better than everyone else in the race course. You have an imaginary line, and that's the start line. 
uh, between two boats and there's a guy looking down the line so everyone else can cheat and be over the line. So are you trying to predict what the wind's going to do or do you just go with the wind? How does that part Bit of both. Work? Bit of both. You try and predict try and predict as best as possible with what the wind's going to do but then you also got to say them what you can see. So like the facts are what you can see and where the boys are and then uh, uh, the, what the wind could do is down to your interpretation like you could think the wind's going to come from the left and it's going to send me straight to the mark as quickly as you possibly can go but um, it never it might not pan out like that. hindsight you know same things in life isn't it sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it knocks you down <laughs> to get right back up do you fall off the board much when you're racing Does that, is that a thing or is that uh, very rarely would that be very amateur days. to yeah, fall off I still do <laughs> don't get me wrong yeah I sometimes wear glasses out when you're windsurfing because I've got contacts in now but I really do like contacts so um I wear glasses on the water. The amount of glasses I've lost by falling off, and I'm like, nah, I fall off. You know they got bits of string for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my mum keeps telling me. <laughs> so let's talk about the Olympics. This is quite a big deal. So you've been slogging away for the best part of 15 years or so, mm-hmm. right? That's about, about that. Where are you at now? Because you are ranked number 13 in the world. It comes down to one person for, for, for men and for women, is that right? That's it. You tell me how it works. Yes, so the whole structure with UK windsurfing racing is uh, the governing body of the RA that, that uh, I had fun with as a kid. Um, the money and funding that gets uh, is all for that one spot for a man, one woman to go to the Olympics and represent the country. Yeah, it's like a pyramid of people. So when you're a kid, there's 60, 60 guys all windsurfing, racing, messing around, and then uh, it gets a bit more serious every bit pyramid you go up until there's, there's like 20 people and 10 people, and it goes up into a development squad and into an Olympic squad, and the Olympic squad um, is uh, the top five, four or five people in the UK, the fastest, the best. Wow. And you're amongst that five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on every event now. We have uh, one in the summer called the Olympic Test Event. Yeah. Which I've just been selected for. So hey. I'll be representing uh, Great Britain in uh, the Olympic Test Event this summer. There's one man and one woman represented. I've just been selected a couple of days ago. So. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, super stoked. So the committee's going to basically decide how you did in this race in the summer and then put you forward to compete in the actual Olympics. Yeah. How does that sound crazy to you? It does. Or are you just so used to the idea of that now? Um, well, realistically, it was never really, really an outcome or a goal in in a way. It's been everyone else's, um, everyone else's goal, <laughs> and uh, and I was never the favourite to, to to go or to or to get to this far. It was always somebody better or bigger or could win stuff better. So to to be at the stage I'm at now is really. It almost doesn't really phase me in a way because of that. Because like, you didn't build yourself up yeah, to make this the ultimate achievement you wanted to, to hit. So much hype and so much, uh, so many people nervous and uh, stressing and it all goes through your head all this, all this stuff. But in the end of the day, if you don't just do what you normally do every day, we've done so many competitions in our lives now that um, when it comes to an age like this, you just got to breathe, stay calm and just do what you do best what you do every day you're so fucking chilled about it i love it (laughs) you're so chilled about it but you you are it's in your blood though i've seen i've been around you for a week now ish and i've seen i've seen how into it you are it's like 
you're just excited about being in the water the whole time and you're doing like three or four different types of surfing every day you're just in and out yeah. this morning alone you're up at like half five <laughs> just to just to catch some waves just there was cause. no waves there so it was very silly <laughs> it was a very calculated decision but we did it well you can't win them all tom <laughs> if you make it through to the olympics in 2020 how does that race work is it a, is it all about speed about getting from a to b as quickly as possible in a way yes have I simplified quite a complicated thing? Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard. It is really complicated if there's not good commentators and there's not good TV coverage and, and that jazz. But simply, it is about going as fast as you can around a race course. It's going fast in the right direction. And you so, have to zigzag the whole way. That's how windsurfing works, right? Kind of, yes. Yes, you have to go, to, you have to go left to go right. <laughs> it's like a really wiggly road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to go, just want to be there, but you can't just go there because the road goes like this. So between the, you, the start line, and the first boy, it's really hard to follow because everyone's like gone everywhere. There's people <laughs> in different yeah, directions. 50, 50 men windsurfers or up to 100 men windsurfers wow. just like all Chaos. across the bay. Chaos. And then you can really follow it after that. It's much easier to follow. Is it exciting to watch? Do you think? If you know people's personalities, it's people's history, and how, how long they've been going for, and how old they are, and um, it's like. Uh, I don't really watch football. I don't really follow football that much, but I can watch a game with uh, Ronaldo and Messi because uh, they're such big characters. Yeah. You know what they're like or what they're um, shown to be like. So you can, I can sit there and watch a football match with them two playing in the background and be like interested in it. Um, and I think that's the same with windsurfing. If you don't capture that, it's hard to follow. Like, well, this is your country, and that's what the, that's what the Olympics is about. It's about showcasing sports that don't get publicity uh, and merging into that week and uh, uh, get, try and get normal people interested in sport different sports uh, interested in activities that's what it's about in the UK anyway do you think there'll be pressure representing the country do you, will you feel that we've got a prestigious history where the guy who went to the last couple of Olympics Nick Dempsey he won uh, silver in uh, London silver in Rio just missed a medal in um, Beijing there's a lot of people that people that don't put pressure on you but that we really like to see you do well and if you don't if you don't, if you underperform it, it's a shit feeling. <laughs> For yourself, firstly, as a driven athlete, you're like, this is shit because I'm doing terribly. But also uh, your your mates and your family and your supporters at home as well, you feel there's a lot of pressure. But like you said, you just got to breathe your way through it. Yeah. And you'll be fine. Yeah. This is what we do. It's what I've signed up for, in a way. I just bloody love windsurfing, that's why we're here. <laughs> that's and, uh, what it all comes down to. Yeah. Man. And uh, I've happened to get this far without... Um, being involved with the politics of um, elite sport or anything, it's just I really love windsurfing. I grab the gear, I don't do anything crazy, I don't um, have to cheat or push the limit of anything. I just go out there, windsurf, work my hardest. In the light winds, it's about pumping and fitness, and in the strong winds, it's about technique and skills. And I go out there and do the skills I can. I've, I've won medals in international competitions and uh, won, won events. And, also finished terribly <laughs> so like swings and roundabouts yeah. but it's all led to this pivotal moment yeah. in your career pressure yeah man well all the best with it before we go have you got any social media you'd like to plug run an Instagram called Squires Winter and uh, a Facebook page called Tom Squires Windsurfing I normally whack it all on there <laughs> whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this as a podcast I'll, I'll link it all up as well mate thank you so much it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been fun hanging out good luck with everything man yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the rest of your surf trip
All right, well, thank you so much for listening to People Do Fun Jobs. Uh, thank you so much to Tom. He was awesome. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at Mr. Winter Official. And my website also links everything up, mrwinterofficial.com. But thank you, mate. Thank you so much. You. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to Mr. Mr. Winter. Winter. Let's, Let's go. 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 go.